0: This time on the Cameron Journal Podcast, we're talking with Vicky from BuddyTheMonkey.com. She's a digital nomad and travel blogger, and we're talking about what it's like to be a travel blogger and a digital nomad in the age of COVID. It's a fun, fascinating interview, and if you ever wanted to see the inside world of what it's like to be a travel blogger and put great images on Instagram, then this is the interview for you. This is the Cameron Journal Podcast. Let's go. this is the cameron journal podcast it's a place where we talk about important things it's a place where we bring a little slice of the news to you and it's a place where we do important things have important conversations it's also things that i like to talk about my name is cameron cowan and this is the cameron journal podcast today on the cameron journal podcast we are joined by the friendly human behind the Buddy the Monkey, the Traveling Monkey blog. Um, we're going to talk about travel and travel during COVID and digital nomadism and all sorts of fun and amazing things. So welcome, Vicki, to the Cameron Journal podcast. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Excellent. So why didn't you start out? My um, first question is kind of, how did you start your blog? So why don't you give us a little bit of background as to how you started writing about you and Buddy the Traveling Monkey?
1: Sure. I, um, you know, I followed a couple of my own um, bloggers. I thought, you know, that they had such, such interesting stories and I loved learning about, you know, their trips. And I've been traveling since I was a baby. Um, literally, I've had a passport since I was a baby and I've traveled on my own and you know one night clicked and I was like hey you know like I can tell stories too I can tell people you know some of the things that I've done and I had a buddy who's a little stuffed monkey that I have and I had already taken me, and I had pictures of him in different places so I kind of Felt like, hey, why don't I just name my blog after Buddy? I'll stand out a little bit from, you know, the many, many other bloggers out there, and it just kind of grew from there. And it's it's kind of worked. People recognize the monkey. <laughs> People call me Buddy sometimes. Nobody knows my name. Everybody just knows Buddy. <laughs> but um, it's been great. I've been doing it for um, over six years now.
0: Yeah, I when I travel, if I'm traveling by car. I have two teddy bears that I take with me and they sit in the front seat and people get
1: that's awesome yes
0: people get very excited about that (laughs) like it's an
1: yeah it's definitely a conversation starter
0: yeah absolutely and people just get like really giddy you know if you know they are like oh my goodness here's this car full of stuff and these two like bears sitting on top and (laughs) They have like little clothes yeah. and everything. Yeah, people get irrationally yeah. excited. It's kind of fun. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah.
0: Um, what is the maybe give us the top five places that you visited?
1: So that's really really hard. <laughs> I um I mean I've I've been to I think thirty six countries now. Um, I lived in Germany for for a few years. I was able that allowed me to travel a lot in Europe but I mean some of my favorite countries really are are Italy and Spain and um I've been to Indonesia which has a very special place in my heart because I went to Bali and I did my whole my own version of Eat Pray Love um with Buddy actually and um let's see what else? Peru Peru is awesome uh, went to see Machu Picchu. And I'm actually currently in Mexico and loving it more and more every day. So uh, Mexico is now, I think, maybe on that top five list, so.
0: Yeah, I some similar story. I grew up traveling because my dad works for weather agency. And so, oh, cool. yeah, we traveled a lot when I was a kid and he traveled internationally more than we did when I was small. So I kind of grew up in this house of just like, Oh yeah, those decorations on the wall they came from the Maldives, and those things over there came from Austria, and that cool glassware came from Ireland and like all just like a house full of just amazing objects from all over the world so
1: <clears throat> yeah, that's awesome.
0: yeah, it was a very interesting interesting sort of thing um, and I I told I've heard a lot of people who have moved to Mexico and have said it's just like awesome and amazing, so I'm not surprised. The Mexico's (laughs) quickly climbed into the top, you know, the top list. So,
1: yeah, everyone is super friendly here. We've we've traveled around to a few cities now, so um, we've gotten to know different regions and but everywhere we've gone, everyone's been super friendly. Um, The it's just so much cheaper to live here um, than in the US. The cost of living is much, much less. where We house it, but, you know, sometimes in between house sits, if we need to get, like, an Airbnb or something, it's just so much cheaper. The food is amazing and, again, costs a lot less. So, um, yeah, we can see why so many people <laughs> end up living out here.
0: Yeah, and I imagine if you're from Miami, you probably speak Spanish. just makes it super easy to get around.
1: Yes, yes, I am fluent in Spanish. Um, even though, you know, each each country has their own different, um, like slang and sometimes the dialects and stuff. So I know people know I'm not from here, but we can obviously get along and and speak, you know, have conversations. So,
0: yeah, you can make yourself heard, which is nice. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, what is it like running a blog (laughs) about travel in a time when nobody can go anywhere? How's that been? How's that been for you?
1: It's not, (laughs) I'll be honest, it's not, Um, you know, my page views for my website, you know, were steadily increasing over the last few years, especially in the last two years when I, um, I really, really focused on my website and producing like really great content. And then, you know, the Rona hit and uh, just traffic tanked. Um, which is understandable. you know people aren't searching for you know things to do in you know whatever city and stuff everyone was you know staying at home, which is you know what they're supposed to be doing. and um yeah, my website, you know, the little bit of revenue I was making off of it from like um, affiliate links and ads and stuff that has just totally out the window. but you know, things will eventually pick up, and so that's just something you have to um with you gotta be flexible you know and adapt yeah i've written a few different kinds of articles now maybe um focusing a little bit more on like road trips or um things you can do close to home um so that makes and like hiking that kind of thing because people are going outside more now um so yeah it's just about Adapting to the situation really, but yeah travel the website hasn't been doing well
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I feel your pain I went into 2020 with three books out my magazine was growing We were doing very very well then the Rona hit my short story collection and major publishing went nowhere because the pandemic was happening. And by the end of the yeah. year, our magazine was closing. So I completely understand. Oh, I'm so
1: sorry. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Yeah, yeah I, it's
1: I been tough. So yeah.
0: Yeah it, was, yeah, it was tough to w- just watch the traffic steadily decline as the months went by. <laughs> it was just.
1: Depressing. Oh, yeah. I had a few. <clears throat> I had a few. um days where I was just sobbing. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm not I'll be honest. Yeah, like I had a few really bad days. Um and my boyfriend who's a sweetheart, um, he, you know, talked me off the ledge. <laughs> and um and now I've kind of made my peace with it, you know, and I just I know that things will I don't know if ever ever if things will ever really go back to how they were before. Just um, as far as people traveling differently in that kind of situation, but I think eventually things things will, and we'll just go from there.
0: Yeah. So, where are you excited to go after COVID has eased?
1: I would really love to get back to Europe. They and um, like I mentioned before, I, I lived in Germany for three years, so I've I've traveled around Europe quite a bit. But there's still so much I'd love to see. I, I haven't really done much in Eastern Europe, so um, I would love to go to like um, just some of the, and some of those countries are also a lot more budget friendly, which is good for us. But they have had way more lockdowns as far as COVID goes, a lot more strict um, rules and things like that. So once COVID has kind of gotten under control, I would love to eventually make my way over there.
0: No, that definitely. I think all every, all of us have the list of things, places we want to go, things we want to do after COVID. So I think once it's relatively safe to travel and go out and about, yeah. yeah. Good luck getting a plane ticket. Everything's gonna be booked. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Go everywhere. Like.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll see how ticket prices are too, because ticket prices have gone drastically down. Um, so we'll see things pick up once people can start flying again.
0: Yeah. So you were mentioned that you were working on some kind of local travel options. Walk us through what kind of, what kind of local tra- socially distance travel options we have right now. What, what, what can we do since we're kind of stuck?
1: Um, so it's funny because I've actually always been an advocate of, you know, travel, you know, see what's in your own backyard. And I think a lot of times, you know, before corona hit, you know, we we always wanted to go somewhere else and something else, something more exotic. In reality, our own backyards, sometimes we neglect because we're like, oh, we'll get to it eventually. Now we have that option. Um, It's the only option. So, you know, parks nearby, or even if it's just an hour and a half drive away, it could be a new town, you know, and... Mostly outdoor activities, you know, cause obviously we want to keep in mind, um, being socially distant and all of that, but you know, there's some have great options. There's like some breweries and stuff that I know of that are doing like outside tastings, um, things, so there are options, um, you just have to and research.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I think that is I think everyone's kind of having to like think a little bit outside the box, especially if you're in an area that has, you know, better weather. It's pouring. It's the time of year when it's pouring rain here. So we we can't go out even when there's no pandemic because it's pouring (laughs) rain. (laughs) (laughs) uh, What's what's the weirdest part about being a travel blogger?
1: I think. The worst part is people don't really understand it. Still, if you think about it in the scope of things, it's a relatively new career, um, just in the last you know fifteen fifteen years or so. So like even my dad, he has no idea what I do. <laughs> um, yeah. He he's always like, "Are you just typing on your computer?" I'm like, "Yeah, Dad, that's I'm just typing." <laughs> Um, but yeah, people don't really understand, you know, people think, or, you know, they, they lump it in with the whole influencer term, which can sometimes have a negative connotation, of, you know, people just trying to get free meals or, you know, stay in a hotel for free. But there's, you know, there's more to it. There's, you know, me as a blogger, I'm, I'm writing 2,000 word articles, you know, you're taking photos, you're doing editing, you're posting the social media. Um, and then keeping engaged you know you don't just post then if people comment you know you're following up and working with tourism boards and you know they have expectations if you work with a city and you know they want things done in a timely manner so I think that's that's the weirdest part I think is that people don't realize that it's actually a lot of work <laughs> it's not just sitting on a beach you know drinking you know so
0: yeah, I mean I, that's kind of the thing about influencers that I think like people don't under understand. Like I, I'm kind of, I obviously kind of do the same thing, but I'm in like the the news commentary sort of space. You know, I kind of talk about the world around us and things that interest me, like you. Okay. Um, and, <laughs> um, and there's a, most of my family has no clue what I what I do. Like when I when I published my first book that helped because I could like put it in their hands and be like, this is what yeah. I've been working on sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But like there's, there's this whole side of being an influencer. That's like, yeah, it's like, I have four social media profiles to keep up. Like, you know, I mm-hmm. have social media posts I have to schedule. There's like, kind of all this stuff you like, you know, you don't grow a following by just laying about, you know,
1: right. Exactly. It's, there's technical yeah, I mean, aspects. The website. I am not a technical person at all. And I remember one time I was just trying to make a table, (laughs) just a table to show some stuff on one of my articles. And it took me all day. I was crying by the end of the day not figure out how to make this stupid table. Um,
0: Oh, no. So there's
1: technical aspects of it too that, yeah, it's, it's hard work.
0: Yeah, no, from, from 2012 to today, I have learned more about WordPress than I ever wanted to know. (laughs) Um, I've learned how to do photo editing, video editing, audio editing. Um, mm-hmm. I've like bought a whole photo studio, great DSLR, like all of this stuff. I and I spent hours on YouTube learning book layout, InDesign, all this sort of thing. Like just you know, just <clears throat> all of this stuff. I feel your pain. <laughs>
1: feel
0: yeah, your pain. <laughs> the, yeah, so like if you can't afford to hire someone to do these things, your next best option is to learn how to do it yourself. And exactly. so
1: and yeah. when you're starting yeah, out, you don't difference. have that budget. So you really do have to learn it all yourself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it was... Yeah, it was just absolutely insane. And even, like, the pretty thin bikini girls who post hot oh, Instagram I photos. Both. I hate both. I hate those. I hate... <laughs> yeah it's like you have to hate them but at the same time though they also have the same struggles that we do like they're also the ones spending four hours to get that one popular picture on instagram sort of thing that looks yeah. effortless but we all know is not like yeah it's mm-hmm. it's a little it's a little insane so yeah um yeah uh, i noticed on your website you had some stuff about um digital nomadism how did you get started doing that i suppose so... it's tied with the blog but
1: Specifically, yeah, it how is. Did you
0: decide to do that.
1: So basically, um, <clears throat> I you know, when I started my blog, I obviously got in touch with other bloggers and through Facebook groups and stuff like that. And I saw yeah. a lot of them were digital nomads and you see them traveling all over. And it's funny because at first I used to think I could never do that. You know, like I like having my home base. I like having my apartment. I like my couch, (laughs) you know, I like my mattress. Um, So it's just something that I didn't think would happen. And then as the years went by, I started working at a job that allowed me to work remotely two days out of the week. Which was great, you know. I would take off on a Wednesday night, catch a flight, go somewhere. I would still work Thursday and Friday during the day from my hotel, but then those nights and Saturday and Sunday, I would just go out and um, explore. And I really loved that idea of being able to work remotely. And then it was just like, you know what? I don't want to do this two days out of the week. Like I want to do this like full time. And my blog at that point was still just a hobby. But I thought, you know, if I can quit my job, then I can focus all of my energy on my blog and it'll grow and it'll provide all the money I need to live. And that, that was my dream. I, my apartment lease was coming up. So I was like, this is a sign. It's just, let's just do it. And I went into my job and I went up to my boss and I told him I was going to quit. And he told me No. <laughs> And um, I was like, what? (laughs) And he was actually really cool. He understood as a a businessman, you know, wanting for me to grow my own business and everything. So he was really cool about it. And we actually worked out that I would remain with the company, but on a part-time basis, and I would be completely remote. So I have been working part-time for this company remotely for three years now. And it's great. You know, it gives me the flexibility um, to travel and it's not a lot of money because it's part time, but I don't have rent to pay. Rent and mortgage is the biggest expense for anybody. So um, just, you know, and then, you know, I I started doing the house sitting as well. um, So that gives me a place to stay um, rent free. And so I look for longer house sits. So I'm not you know, having to move like every two or three days or whatever, but that's how I'm, I'm in Mexico right now. I'm doing a month-long house sit. Um, I still work, you know, but at night or on the weekends, I'm able to explore a new place. And um, yeah, so far being a digital nomad has been amazing. I don't, people always ask me when I'll stop and I really don't have the answer to that. I think eventually, obviously, I'll like to settle down somewhere, probably in Florida. But as of now, I'm, I'm having a good time, so,
0: yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> I had a taste of the digital, I've had a taste of the digital in my life a couple times, but this past summer with, trap, basically, I traveled for six months straight, was my first chance to, like, do it long, you know, kind of for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. And and I, and I have to say, it kind of it, it kind of poisoned the idea. <laughs> I, I, I was when I when I was when I, I I hit the six month mark and I was ready to get off the road. Mm-hmm. Like I'm ready to not be in suitcases and all this sort of thing. And I mean, I was driving, so I had like all the creature comforts. But you know, yeah. it was it's, still like I'm ready to be off the road now. <laughs> like I'm done.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, it's definitely not for everyone, and. You know, I've been fortunate that, like, the house sits that I've done have all been, you know, pretty great and haven't really had any issues. I do, like I said, I, I try and find, like, houses that are at least a month long. Um, and when I'm in the States, I do have my car as well. I drive from, from one house sit to another. So I am able to pack a few things. Um, sometimes I bring my own kitchen stuff because um, not everybody has the same kitchen, you know, layout or spices, you know, yeah, um, but, but then, you know, after about a month, you know, you kind of like, okay, I'm ready to go to the next place. So, but yeah, it, it isn't for everybody. And there are days where I have my bad days where it's like, I wish I had my own mattress, you know, <laughs> like we are, I'm staying at a place and their mattress is rock hard. I'm like, damn it, this sucks. <laughs>
0: Yeah. What do you? But that goes into the next question. What do you think are the biggest challenges of being a digital nomad? Um,
1: Because
0: I could name a few, but
1: you go first. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I mean, there is the case where if if I if I did end up in a house that that won't. or comfortable or whatever Then, and I was stuck there for a whole month that would be pretty bad um, I really only had like one house sit that wasn't spectacular and it was because they had birds and I knew that going into the house because obviously you speak with the homeowner beforehand they made it seem like the house, the birds were um, you know oh if they get a little loud just throw the towel over the cage and they'll, they'll be quiet that was not the case <laughs> and they were <laughs> screeching like the entire time. But luckily that that in particular was a short um, house sit because it was just something I needed to fill a gap. So I was only there like three days, but I swear I felt like blood coming out of my ears. Um, But I mean, really the the worst part is, is if unexpected expenses come up as a digital nomad, especially now during the extra income that I had from my blog has dried up. So, like, if I need to get new tires because of all the road tripping I'm doing, you know, like, or I need to go to the dentist, I don't have dental insurance, you know, like, little things that pop up, it's the money situation can sometimes be um, a little bit harder. But as far as, like, finding where to stay and, like, that kind of thing, I've actually been pretty lucky. I've never never been homeless (laughs) during the three years that I've been a digital nomad. So it's been working so far.
0: Yeah, I, I found the the extra expenses part to be the most difficult part to deal with. It's really hard to, like, control expenses on the road because, you know, you, you need something. You don't necessarily have time to, like, wait around for it. Or sometimes it's not practical to go to the cheapest place because it's super far away from where you are. Mm-hmm. And that can be very time consuming. So I definitely, you know, feel you on all of all of that and yeah and at one point my car died in knoxville tennessee and i had to buy a new car so that was fun Um, oh
1: no i've had car trouble too and it is no fun
0: so yeah yeah it was was car shopping during a pandemic going to like five different car dealerships in and out of cars all this sort of thing you know and then of course they quit making cars and there were very few used cars and yeah yeah i it was just it was crazy it's just crazy 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 but yeah the the the, and i also feel on the whole mattress comfort sort of thing um i'm a big dude i'm six foot i weigh about 350 so having a sturdy bed frame is most essential and i've definitely been in some situations where that was not necessarily the case (laughs) um and it was it was a bit (laughs)
1: nerve-wracking yeah i think for Um, me another big thing is is the kitchen you know i am Half Puerto Rican. When I cook, I have a lot of different spices I use, and um, right. there's just you know you you go to a house and all they have is literally salt and pepper, and it's like what? How do they cook anything? <laughs> so I
0: know, that was the first thing I bought. I got it. I, I had the kitchen bag, uh-huh. and it had you know all the like because I'm the same way. I like food that has, tastes. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Colorado, so I know what food that tastes tastes like, uh-huh. and. Uh, yeah, same thing. Yeah, you have to bring your own stuff because, you know, not everybody's going to keep five spices powder around. Right. Or, you know, even garlic salt in some exactly. cases. Exactly, like, yeah. You know. And I travel, yeah, with,
1: a <laughs> I travel yes. with a pizza cutter. I literally travel with a pizza cutter because not everyone has one in their kitchen. So I ordered off Amazon my little pizza cutter, and I have that in my bag everywhere I go. <laughs>
0: Yes, I I have what's called an ulu. It's a curved knife that came from Inuit tribes in Alaska. Mm. They use it to cut blubber off of whales. It is, if if there's only one knife you can bring with you, Mm -hmm. it's the one to bring because it's small. It's only maybe six inches across, Mm -hmm. but it's also round. So you can cut meat, cut vegetables, cut a pizza, anything you want.
1: Interesting. It will do. I'll have to look into that.
0: And you can just like... Yeah, you can just like wrap it up in a cloth, stuff it in a bag, and away you go. Mm-hmm. Done and dusted. Good, good so to know. That's, have, yeah, like like now, if I were to do it, it'd be like I basically I could survive with like a decent walk and an ulu. <laughs> I can cook everything. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can do it all. It's yeah, awesome. It's it's fun. Yeah, so, yeah, it, ulu, and they sell them on Amazon. Okay, and you can, yeah, definitely. Definitely go go grab one of those. Cool. Um, how do you think COVID is going to change digital nomadism? Do you think people are going to get off the road and give up and go home? Do you think it will increase? What is your feeling?
1: Um, I think it, it's going to be one of the actual good things that come out of COVID. Um, I think many businesses out there that were always so hesitant to let people work from home now being forced to. Um, we'll be more open to the idea of people, you know, maybe staying working from home or like I was doing previously working remotely two days out of or whatever. Um, so, you know, before Corona, I used to always tell people, you know, talk to your boss, ask them if you can just do it like on a trial basis for a month and see how things go you know, so that they can see you're still being productive, you're still meeting your quotas and all of that. Um, And then Corona hit and everybody had to do it. And people figured out a way, you know, people, people always figure out a way. So um, I think, I think it actually will help the cause of digital nomad. You know, as long as people don't screw it up, (laughs) you know, like you do your work, Um, don't, you know, get shown, you know, on your zoom, you know, drinking a margarita or whatever, Um, but, yeah, I think it'll help the digital nomad um, experience.
0: Yeah, I mean, I hadn't really thought of that. Yeah, with so many people working from home now, there's probably a lot of people that are, at a minimum, going to move someplace cheaper, and at a maximum decide to take off for a while and, you know, do the travel thing and all this sort of thing, so... Yeah, that kind of makes sense. And for those that are doing it, and this is something I've enjoyed, it's so much easier to find work-from-home positions now. Yeah. Like, there's so many things that's like, oh, this is work-from-home, remote. Like, and before it was such a challenge. Yeah. And now you go through different, like, like media bistro and things like that, and it's like half the positions are remote, and it's like, this is fantastic.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, and I think a lot of you know, businesses, you know, like I said, that they were hesitant before, they're they're seeing the benefits benefits too, like costs, you know, like they're not paying for light bills anymore because everyone's sitting at home, you know. So like there's benefits for right. businesses too that are more willing to let their people work remotely. So um yeah, I think it's definitely gonna change the the work environment for sure. Like in for the long term, not just, you know, these last, you know, ten ish months or whatever. I think I think it could lead to lead to a lot of change.
0: Yeah, I, I I agree. I think I think there's going to be a lot of positions where, rather than the question of being like, oh, should this be for work from home, I think it's not going to be why couldn't this be done from exactly, home? Exactly. Yeah. And it opens the talent mm-hmm. pool to a, a whole group of people that you might never other, especially if you don't live in like New York, San Francisco, L.A. In the case of the United States, like you know, if, if your company's not in one of those three cities, right. your talent pool is different. If you're willing to let them work remote, all of a sudden mm-hmm. you can have anybody from anywhere
1: mm-hmm.
0: totally changes the game.
1: Yeah,
0: totally changes the
1: game. Mm-hmm.
0: So, well, excellent. Yeah. That is, that is awesome. Well, now's the part of the show where we do your plugs. So, um, why don't you let us know where we can find you on Twitter and
1: online? So online it is buddy, dot com. Uh, As well as, you know, most of my social media, I'm on Instagram, Uh, I'm on TikTok, which is fairly new, but it's all Buddy the Traveling Monkey. And um, let's see, what else? Twitter is Traveling1223. That one I couldn't, uh, the Twitter handle, it's limiting. So, um, but 1223, December 23rd is actually when I bought Buddy at a football game. Uh, many, many years ago. So, um, but yeah, if you just look up Buddy the Traveling Monkey on YouTube too, we have a YouTube channel. So yeah, Buddy the Traveling Monkey. That's all you need to know.
0: <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we'll, we'll link in the show description. Well, thank you so much for coming on the Cameron Journal Podcast. That's all for this episode of the Cameron Journal Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Visit us online at CameronJournal.com on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, and I love to talk to my followers and listeners. So please feel free to uh, get us on social media at Cameron calendar on Twitter. And we'll see you next time on the Cameron Journal podcast.